Hello everybody. For today's episode, we do have some content warning. This is a murder mystery, so topics like murder, suicide, mental illness, and a brief discussion of assault are all included in this episode, so listeners' discretion is advised. Welcome, friends, to Bound Sisters, a monthly book club with Kelly, Jill, and Miranda. We are three sisters with busy lives, setting aside time to connect through books and fun conversation. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you have fun, too. So this month, last month in September, I didn't think if we were at the beginning of, or the end of September. Anyways. <laughs> so what is this month? Because we're still <laughs> We're still in September. Uh, okay, so we read um, The Girls' Weekend by Jody German. Is that how you say your name? I've been saying sure. German. German? Like a... Like Jody German. Uh, so I picked this book mainly because it was a linear story. <laughs> that was like my number one priority okay. in picking a book. And... I also liked the kind of creepier, folly vibe. Even though it's set in June or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but it was still it was so creepy. Okay, I mean the the idea of the book is is pretty simple. It follows one girl and she's going to this baby shower. It's like a whole weekend event, which Wait, we did not shower. need. Yeah, it is. is it a huh? baby shower? It's a baby shower. It's a baby shower for Amy. But not really a baby shower. It's they're it's not like, like bringing gifts and like playing games. But like the reason they did murder. it was because Amy's about to have a baby. That's true. <laughs> I wouldn't have called it a baby shower. Though. Live your life. <laughs> I'm just, I was just about to say nobody needs to make this a thing. Like we do not need to have whole baby shower weekends ever. <laughs> Somebody might die. <laughs> so yeah, so they do this. This whole thing, and somebody gets murdered. Well, somebody goes missing, and there is blood. <laughs> and so, you, for a lot of the book, you're just kind of like, is she dead? Is she kidnapped? Is she walking around not knowing who she is, bleeding? Like, what's going on? Um, so, everybody who was at the baby shower weekend thing becomes a suspect. Nobody really is supposed to be leaving because everybody's a suspect. And by the end of the book, you find out what happened. The end. Close. The end. Man, we are so good at these podcasts. We get them done in like five minutes. <laughs> That's just a very brief overview if you have not like read the book. And now we're going to tell you exactly what happened to the book. Now we'll tell you what really happened if you did read the book. So if, if you, you care, book, if you care, stop now. <laughs> So the first couple of chapters are like really focused on June, who is like the main person. You see everything through her point of view. And I was not a fan of her no. <laughs> in the beginning. Maybe it's because of the audiobook. <laughs> no, well, I started, I don't know. I was reading it first before I got the audiobook. She just was complaining the whole time. Like, <laughs> she really was. She was kind of like a whiner. Everything was like, my life's not Sadie's life. Hold on. Yes. So there's the five girls, right? And they all went to college together. That's how they know each other. It's been, what, 10 years, 15 years since they were in college? A while. It varies depending on which characters you're talking about. 
but about five to 10 years was the last time these girls had like gotten together. And so they get this group chat that's like, Hey, Amy's having a baby. So we're going to throw her a baby shower. So there's June, who's the main character. M is like her best friend. She's the only one that she's still like in contact with from the group. There's Sadie, who is currently like the well-off. She wrote a book. It got made into a movie. It's a whole series. She's made a fortune from it. Amy is Sadie's cousin, but they were raised more like sisters because Amy's parents died. And then you have this fifth person, Kimiko, who um, like somehow made her way into the friend group, but doesn't really She's seem like, like the rabble rouser. She grows cannabis. <laughs> yeah, she has some marijuana that she like brings and she's smoking. Her son's like, in the jail book. for pushing cocaine at 12. Yeah. At 12. At 12. <laughs> I like how Brandon threw that one in there. It's like, can you imagine 12. my son who's 12? <laughs> selling cocaine on the streets that's that's this boy <laughs> there's these five girls and they're they've decided that they're gonna well not they've decided sadie's invited them to her mansion estate thing for the weekend for this baby shower and sadie or um june is like i really don't want to do this <laughs> not really interested and so she plans a vacation with her boyfriend that just happens to fall on these same dates. Well, so, like, first, though, like, she was just not going to respond to the group text. Yeah. And people, and everybody else is responding to this group text. And she's just like, uh, it's pretty obvious that I'm not responding. Like, because you're, you're hearing all of her thoughts in this book. Um, and she's like, uh, her friend M immediately, as soon as the group text started, she's like, are you going? She's like, no, I'm not going. And so then, like, they continue to text on this group text, but uh, June is not, like, involving herself. And then she plans this getaway with her boyfriend. She's like, oh, this would be perfect. Let's go camping. And (laughs) so, like, the weekend that she's supposed to go camping with him, she's like, hey, are we going camping? And he's like, actually, I... Yeah, no, she said, she's like, can I come (laughs) over so we can plan your trip? And then he's just like, no, I can't do this. Like, he do- he's breaking up with her. On a text message because he decided message. to get married to some 20-year-old from wherever, Vancouver or whatever. Amster- Amsterdam. 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 And he's been there for a yeah. week, even though, like, she had, <laughs> she had planned She thought this. they were Can you imagine, though? Like, I can't imagine. Even when I was dating my husband, we talked every day. Like, there was already some red flags in this relationship. If he was gone physically not there for a week and she had no clue like she lives in they lived in california so for a a week he had been in europe (laughs) and she didn't know and yeah i don't think he got married he just said i i moved to amsterdam that's even like that's even worse like he didn't even just go to visit but i think he was like i'm getting married or something. I don't know. I feel like there was marriage. I might have just been reading into that. <laughs> but, like, that's how uninvolved she was in his life. Like, he packed up his whole life and was like, yeah, I live in Amsterdam now so I can be with this other girl. And she's like, what? <laughs> and then she even had to, like, think. It was like she had to sit there and think about when was the last time they had physically, like, been in the same room together. And she was like, that was only a, like a week or so ago. <laughs> and he said nothing. Yeah. 
weird. It, I, I laughed. I could, I literally was like, what? Like my eyes got big. I was like, what? <laughs> it was great. That blew my mind. And so, <laughs> so now she doesn't have like this excuse. And she's a college, she's a, like, she teaches at a community college. And so summer break is starting. And she's like, well, this is a really crappy way to like start my summer break. So she decides to go with M to this event, like last minute. And the whole way there, she's like complaining about it. Sadie is also married to a guy named Ethan, who originally proposed to M. No, it's no, no, sorry. Originally opposed to June. <laughs> I'm getting all these names mixed up. So that'll be really helpful if you haven't read the book yet. <laughs> um, so Ethan is married to Sadie. Ethan originally proposed to June. And June said no because she was young and wanted to travel the world and whatever. Yeah, and he needed a green card. Like, that's the only reason he proposed, really, was because he wanted to stay in the States. And he couldn't because his visa was expiring or something. And he couldn't stay unless he was married. So that's even the only reason why he had proposed to her was because he wanted a green card. And he told her that because she knew this because, like, she had said that that was why he did it. So he, like, started dating Sadie because he's from Ireland, right? Ah, uh, Scotland. Scotland. The land of our fathers. I really couldn't tell by the lady's accent. But he sounds like a vampire. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like a Russian vampire. <laughs> is, this a, is this a book club podcast or an audio overview podcast? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it's all of it. All of it. So Sadie ends up marrying Ethan. That's another thing that June is like upset about. And then all she knows about Sadie's life is what she sees on Instagram and like what her publishers are basically putting out about her perfect life. Um, so that's like the first couple chapters is just June complaining about all these things. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really quite annoying. So they finally like get to her house and Amy lives on the property and like a little mother-in-law apartment thing on the property. And there's a beach house on the property. And then there's like another hut that the landscaper lives in on the property. Like a yurt is what they call it, isn't it? It's like a yurt. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they call it. And so they're like driving up this like winding driveway to the house. And like Sadie comes out and greets them and brings them in. They're the first ones. There and Sadie's like one of these people who have like this personality where she seems like she's super um, friendly and, you know, like she has this magnetic personality. But if you, you, you listen to June talk about her, she's like super controlling. And she has this personality because she's trying to present this perfect life. And in reality, like she has orchestrated every detail of her life and then everybody's lives who are remotely connected to her life and like she's like a force to be reckoned with this Sadie person yeah so as they're like showing up to the house um Sadie has a daughter who's 17 she comes out because Sadie's or um I'm gonna do this the whole time mix up names um so the daughter's name is Dakota and her boyfriend had also just pulled up to pick her up and they were just gonna like go out and Sadie kind of tries to have, like, a conversation with Dakota, and Dakota just, like, blew her off. Yeah, she's trying to be like, oh, we're so close, mother and daughter. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I didn't know he was coming. 
when in reality she didn't want him to come she because she just doesn't like him yeah so he, so. so her daughter's 17 the boyfriend is 22 and in med school and he's coming home for the summer he thought she was 18 though yes we he find out later in the home. book he did not know her the daughter's true age but like that was the first time that I was kind of like after listening to June complain about like how perfect her life is on social media. Yeah. Which I feel like everybody knows your social media life is not your life. But like <laughs> having that interaction with Dakota in front of everybody, I think was like the first time I was like she's obviously putting on a front like because then after she leaves like Sadie even tries to like cover it up I don't remember what like she said a little bit yeah like she just kind of looked at her friends and was like oh haha, like you know teenage whatever <laughs> I don't remember exactly what she said but she tried to play it off like this is not like we're real we're still really good even though you just saw this like we're yeah. still a great family and so they like go inside the house and they're getting settled in. So Amy lives text. on what? They're getting settled in and she gets a text. Oh yeah, she got a text from Ethan. But Amy, I was going to say Amy lives on the property because Amy has like several different mental health issues. Like she's always super depressed. She was diagnosed with bipolar, right? Mhm. I think so. Said yeah. that she has, I'm, there was kind of like a little list of things that Amy is dealing with. And in college, Sadie was the only one who could like get her out of these things because they've grown up to with each other. And so Amy like lives on the property so that Sadie can help them or help her. Part of me wonders though, like if she's just like, she just convinced Amy to live with her so she can continue controlling like another person. Probably. Probably. Probably, especially since like Amy's like so helpless or whatever. Yeah, like but in reality, like you can learn to live with stuff like that. It's gonna be hard, but not everybody who has mental illnesses, even extreme like that, is gonna need a caretaker for their whole life. Yeah. Like so I think it was just another yeah, way to control like another person. So you get introduced to Amy and she's pregnant. She's like very, very pregnant, obviously, because this is like a baby shower thing. They get shown their rooms and then yeah, June gets a text message from Ethan and he's asking her to like meet him at midnight on the and his vampire voice. <laughs> so meet me in my beach house. <laughs> at midnight because I cannot be in the sun. <laughs> blah blah blah. <laughs> And so she's like, she's feeling guilty because she's like, well, I don't know if she felt guilty yet, but she was like, why does he want to see me? Like all these things. And so she's hanging out with the girls. Kimiko is the fifth one to like show up. She like brings her own alcohol because um, yeah. she knew that Sadie would only want to drink wine. Yeah, and so Sadie brings out wine, and no. Kimiko oh, yeah. is like, yeah, she's like, oh, I brought my own, and she ends, they like end up passing it out. Did they pass it out to everybody at this point? Uh, not I, I don't think know. June and uh, M took the wine because Sadie was like visibly upset that uh, Kimiko had because it wasn't going the exact path. way that Sadie right. wanted it to go. She like had the whole weekend like scripted. Um, and like Monica, we are scheduled to have 
fun. <laughs> In five minutes, we're gonna have fun. <laughs> so they're like, they just spend like kind of the evening, like everybody been traveling all day, and so they're like relaxing and whatever. And so and that was kind of June... her excuse to like nod off and go to her room. She's like, I have had a really rough, or M was like, she's you know going through a tough time right now oh yeah when she she excuses herself yeah because she was gonna sneak out but then sadie shows up to her room and she's like is everything okay (laughs) and she's like i'm trying to go to bed (laughs) (laughs) and so like june just keeps watching her clock like the her phone the whole time trying to like see what time it is and sadie does like eventually leave her alone and she pretends like she's gonna go to sleep and then she like runs down to the dock and when she runs down to the dock she like ran that's when she runs into leo the first time right yeah yeah he's the landscaper yeah he comes staggering out of the woods yeah she thought he was like i don't know bigfoot who knows but he like came out of the shadows and he's like hey who are you she's like who am i who are you (laughs) yeah when i was reading it it sounded like she was really confused on what even like ethan would look like because she's like i was looking at this guy but he didn't have an accent so it couldn't have been ethan (laughs) well because she kind of just saw like the form of him she because he was like in the they're in the dark it's midnight like yeah she just kind of saw like the form of him coming out of the woods and she's like but then he started talking. She's like, this is not Ethan. I don't know who the freak this is. So, but then she leaves him. Yeah. And so then she ends up going and she just heard Ethan talk. And he tells her that like things are not good in the marriage. He like lives at this beach house. Yeah. He's pretty much moved into the beach house. He doesn't live at the main house. June finds out that Dakota is... Like, this is her last summer. Even though she's 17, she's, like, finished school early. And so she's going to head off to college in the fall. And then there's really nothing, like, keeping him there. And uh, say, or, uh, June was like, so are you saying, like, you're going to leave your wife? And he was like, yeah, I think so. And so June kind of has this, like, idea of, like, well, maybe we can finally, like, be together. I don't know. I didn't get that. I thought that uh, she was confused, but she didn't really think that she had feelings. Almost like, almost like she felt like she was supposed to have feelings for him still, but she didn't actually. And so when he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna leave my wife," and um, she's like, "Cool, bye." Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go back to the house now. Like, she's like. That sounds awesome for you. <laughs> Good luck in your life endeavors. Um, it didn't seem like she was like going to jump on the Ethan train. But yeah. it seems like she thought that she was supposed to feel that way. And so that is kind of where her confusion was. Is like, She's like, am I supposed to still have feelings for this guy? Because this whole time she's been pining after Sadie's life because she felt like Sadie had what she should have had if she had married Ethan. Yeah. But I don't think she ever really had real feelings for Ethan. She just thought that she was supposed to. I don't know. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because Ethan was like the guy that everybody at the college was like pining for. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he's Scottish. Hello. Because he had an accent that made everybody fall in love with him. I think when she got that first text from him, she 
she kept saying that she was curious and i think yeah. she was curious about seeing if she still had those feelings for him and then she eventually like once she actually got down to the beach house and like started talking to him she was like uh back up <laughs> take a few steps <laughs> yeah she's like i'm not really into this guy anymore yeah, yeah. so she goes back to the house, goes to sleep, whatever. They wake up the next day, and Sadie has everything planned out again. She has, like, a canoe trip and then, like, a spa trip after that planned. Yeah, so they went kayaking in the morning, which I thought was, like, ridiculous. For- so this is where I thought that, like, Amy was going to be the one who died or whatever because she – or that Sadie was going to be the murderer of somebody because – it was like because Amy's pregnant, right? And mm-hmm. June is sitting here going, "I don't feel comfortable kayaking." Period. And then Sadie's like, "Oh, I'm gonna set you up with Amy, who's my pregnant cousin." cousin. And June's like, "I for real don't <laughs> feel okay about this. Like, I you want me to canoe, and it's like apparently like the water is kind of rough." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like they're not on like a lake; they are on the like a river opening up to the ocean so i think it's supposedly like a calm-ish river i don't think they were like going rafting or well she mentions june mentions that when they were driving to the mansion they drove over a bridge and she remembers looking down at the water and it just like rushing under there and that's the bridge they're gonna go under yeah so i've been here so this whole book is set in washington near the san juan islands and so they drive over deception pass which is, like, the bridge is, like, a good, like, hundred so feet. Like, you drive over that, and you look down, and it's, like, scary. It's a big river. It's huge. And it's it's pretty fast. Like, it's not something you just, like, jump into. Yeah. And Sadie's, like, or she's, like, we could take the yacht. <laughs> uh, but I would definitely rather canoe. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And- <laughs> It's something like I go kayaking on the lakes. I would I would not just be like, oh, hey, look, I have nothing to do for the next hour. Like, let's go kayak underneath Deception Pass, like through Deception Pass. Like With a pregnant like person behind with me. With a pregnant person. I feel like this needs to take some, like, training and, and some practice before we jump out there. But Yeah. And then Sadie's like, do you think I would put Amy in danger i'm like you're not okay i'm like (laughs) so i'm sitting here thinking about this as she's like doing this audio see that's the benefit of an audiobook is that you could like have extra thoughts as you're because you're just listening anyways so i'm just sitting here thinking like you're not in control of whether or not somebody has the skills it's not like you're gonna let her get hurt She's just gonna get hurt because you put her in that situation. Like, not that yeah. she did get hurt. She eventually, I mean, they didn't get hurt. Like, everybody was fine. But she's like, "Do you think I would let her get hurt?" I'm like, "Don't be dumb." And then they Sadie. left them behind too. Don't be dumb. Yeah, and then they just like woof, left. <laughs> and June's like, "Uh." <laughs> because Amy and did. Amy like, get like tired. Chill in the back Amy of her yeah, Amy just like decided to turn around and not do anything and just talk to June. And June's like, "What?" Yeah, she's, she's like, like, "Okay, I'm I'm I'll just I'll paddle us." And everybody else is like, "Bye!" And they just get left there. But when I was reading that, the whole time I was thinking, like, "This is Amy's weekend." Like, 
Yeah, and Amy said she didn't want to do it. She was yeah, like, I was like, yeah. why are we not doing something that Amy wants to do? I'm sure Amy would have much preferred being on the yacht. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> so they all survived the kayaking trip, and then they end up going to the spa afterwards to, like, relax. And then she has a confrontation with Sadie, June does, in the lobby while she's between treatments or whatever. She's waiting for something else. She had she, she did, says, like, a massage, and then she was just going to go sit in the sauna or something. Yeah, and Sadie's like, is there something wrong? And June's like, yeah, there's something wrong. <laughs> you left me in a canoe with a pregnant person. <laughs> we almost died because they went over, like, these rapids or whatever. And she was like, we almost died. And... Then when you just come here to the spa, like, nothing is wrong. Like, we didn't just have a near-death experience. And then you ask me what's wrong. Like, Sadie's, like, clueless, I feel like. If you are not inside her head bubble where everything is perfect, like, she just Well, she just I don't think Sadie was clueless when she asked what's wrong. Because then she goes, like, this is what it's like taking care of Amy and you have all just left me to take care of Amy which they didn't she chose to take care of Amy right and Amy is her cousin like it's not like they signed up to take care of Amy for the rest of their lives yeah like they were friends for four years in college yeah they weren't like blood sisters or sister wives or whatever the heck she thought that they should have been (laughs) yeah I think Sadie was more like oh is something wrong like (laughs) Like baiting her. Yeah. <laughs> like, I dare you to say something. Yeah. I also came back to this scene later in the book, like thinking about it. And I was like, Sadie's trying to punish all of them for Amy. And she's not really dead. Oh, that would have been. <laughs> she's just like chilling. Or uh, or like one time they had, um, they had brought the idea about that Sadie had just like checked out of her life. Like she was like, faked her death Mm -hmm. so that she could just leave her life yeah and i was like that would make a lot of sense like oh yeah that was one of their like working theories yeah yeah so after the spa that's when they went out like it didn't seem like a club club but like they were out like drinking things or was that at sadie's house that was i think that when they went back to the house when i was listening to it i might have been distracted it sounded like a little bit busier than just a house but they were having some drinks Mm -hmm. and uh, they, were they had the gin. The gin was out. Yeah, they were tired from the kayaking, and then it's getting later into the day, and eventually they all go to sleep. And then that's when we wake up, and everything is just off. So like June and M wake up in Sadie's room wearing Sadie's clothes and jewelry, don't they? They're in her room, aren't they? I thought they were in her room. They wake up in June's room, but they are in okay. uh, Sadie's pajamas, and M has um, some necklaces on from Sadie's. Like room. they look oh, like it. they had a wild night. Yeah, and, and they like, like neither the one can like really remember how they got into these things. And so June like gets up. M had M went to the bathroom, I think. Right? Yeah, and I think June went to go went to the kitchen to get some water or something. And, so as she walks out of her room, she sees on the wall at like the end of the hall, there's this like faded blood stain. It's, yeah, she's like, uh. <laughs> what happened? And so then M is like coming back from the bathroom 
And June's like, look at this. And they're like, oh my gosh. Like they start speculating like what could happen. And then they hear like Dakota and Amy are down or um, Amy and Kimiko are downstairs making some noise and they get like drawn into it. And like, they show and Kimiko's them. like nose is broken. Like she's got like oh, yeah. blood all over her blood face. Blood on her face. There's some blood on the floor, I think. Yeah, and then like towards the bottom of the stairs. Thing. Yeah, at the bottom of the yeah. stairs, there was a like puddle of blood that they someone had put a carpet over. So they start like the first conversation they have is like we need to call the cops mm-hmm. after they discover Sadie's missing, like that she's not around. Like after they're like certain, so her car is still no, her car but her is phone gone. is on the floor in the they garage. Can't... But her car and her purse yeah. are gone. Yep, and they can't find her purse, and so they're like, okay, this is like really strange behavior. And so they like determine for sure, like something is wrong with Sadie. She's not at the house. There's blood. Like, they got to figure this out. And so they, some of them initially want to call the cops. And Kimiko says, no, like, we're not calling the cops. Um, And, like, the thing that she keeps saying is that she's the only minority. And so she doesn't want to be automatically assumed as Mm -hmm. the suspect. And so she's like, we need more information to give them before we call the cops. Did they go search the property after that? I know June goes and talks to Ethan. Yeah, and she talks to Lee. Or no, Leo's not there. So Leo's gone. He is like left early in the morning or something. Ethan had gotten a hold of Leo. But she went and asked Ethan if if he knew where Sadie was or where she could be. And he's like, no, this is all really strange behavior for her. Um, If she were to leave her phone and the car was gone, whatever. Um that she's not in the kitchen making food for everybody because she's such a hostess. And so everybody thinks that this is really strange behavior. They keep saying the same thing. No, Sadie wouldn't be doing this. Sadie wouldn't be doing this. I thought I was really irritated by the whole don't call the cops thing. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, not even like initially. Like, I understand Kimiko's response and like she sells weed and all of this stuff. And so, like, I understand her initial response, but it made me think that she was the murderer because she was so, like, violently adamant. Like, she threw the phone, like, <laughs> across the yeah. room and shattered Yeah, it. somebody was just, like, was, like, I have the phone. Like, I've got to call the cops. I don't care what you say. And then, yeah, she takes it and She's like, chucks no, it. Fuck. And then they realized, like, and then they were, like, well, maybe we can get some answers about what happened. No, we can't because you just broke her phone. Like, so, but then June is the one who was like, maybe we shouldn't tell the cops that um, that we don't remember anything. Like, I'm like, that's dumb. I'm like, that is stupid because first of all, and then she's like, we'll just tell them we all went to bed around midnight and then we woke up. I'm like, okay, well, what happens when you have to change your story? She's like oh, well, we'll just figure it out then. I'm like, that is a terrible plan. (laughs) That is a terrible, terrible plan. And I'm just like, I'm like, why? Like, I understand not telling the cops, but lying to the cops is totally different than just like keeping your mouth shut because I don't know. I was really bothered by that whole thing. (laughs) I'm like, this is a really terrible idea. And then like the other thing that I didn't like was that they were suspecting that like, somebody had drugged them or something was like in the alcohol that they had. 
And so I'm like, why wouldn't you mention that so that you could like be tested and some things only stay in your blood for so long. Because Amy had to be tested anyways. Right. She was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was pregnant. So they, so they eventually, they told Ethan that his wife was missing and um, Ethan's like, I'm calling the cops. And Kimiko was like, no, you're not. We don't want to call the cops. And he's like, guess what? You're a guest. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, you're not the boss of (laughs) me. Yeah. He's like, you don't get to tell me what to do. My wife is missing. I'm calling the cops. And so they call the cops and probably like the worst officer ever shows up <laughs> and does a terrible yeah, job. He doesn't even like look interviewing them. He just like he's like, eh. he like stands in the living room, asks them like a few questions, and then just leaves. <laughs> no, until he finds because at the very end, before he like leaves. He that he finds out or he realizes that it's Sadie, the person who wrote all the books. So now he realizes that this is a high profile missing persons case and he better get his act together. So later when he comes back with like a detective, he's much more on top of his job. Yeah. Also during the questioning with um, I think his name's Fisher is the cop's name. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, during the questioning. June mentions that there was a statue at the stop top of the stairs and it's missing. And everybody's mm-hmm. like, why didn't you mention that earlier? <laughs> oh, well, because I'm just now getting my memories back <laughs> from when I was asleep. Because- <laughs> it's a terrible plan. It's a terrible plan. So, but like, I couldn't believe that he left. Like there were, they showed him the blood they sh- knew, they told him somebody was missing like that alone because one of the other reasons that they didn't call the cops right away was because they were like it hasn't been 24 hours and so they won't even the girls were like they're not going to take her as a missing person until she's been gone for 24 hours but I think a missing person along with yeah, blood yeah. and like an obvious struggle I think that that like should they change it was things. a crime scene obviously so there should have been like a whole lockdown I feel like yeah like what else did they want like a hand like a missing hand they want a dismembered body part yeah at least somebody should have shown up to like take pictures and test to see if it was actually blood like well like take pictures and just to make sure like nothing else nothing is messed with because M and June go like walking around the house and they discover that they trashed Sadie's closet and so they were like oh we should clean this up and wipe our fingerprints out because otherwise the cops are gonna find this and they're gonna think this is suspicious and I'm like that's exactly why an officer should have have gone around the house somebody should have been there with them yeah and yes so they start like basically they're trying to solve this by themselves because they're the only ones they keep calling june in for questioning like she's literally her the only suspect because somebody i don't know who probably the probably probably the person who murdered sadie but told the cops that ethan and june had been had been involved like previous and that they met secretly and um all of this stuff and so when they bring june in for questioning they're like oh um you met with ethan and also you guys have a previous relationship and she's like how do you know this and they made it seem like ethan had told them 
And so she was like, oh, well, if Ethan's telling you things, then it's fine. I'll tell you things, too. Well, June and Ethan had this conversation and they had decided that they were going to be upfront and honest about meeting that night because they thought it would look suspicious if the cops found out about it and it didn't come from them. So they had both agreed, like, when we talk to the cops, we're going to tell them this. And so they had already had that information. So she was like, oh, Ethan, because Ethan had had talked to them before she did. But then she goes back home and she, like, talks it over with Ethan. And he's like, no, I didn't say any of that because my lawyer was there and he wasn't letting me talk about anything. And so then she's like, red flag. <laughs> yeah. so she suspects Amy, though, is trying to, like, mess with her because she comes home um, from questioning and she like finds Amy sneaking out of her room and Amy has this like whole story of oh it's just checking to see if you were okay and she's like this is suspicious well after that uh, isn't that when um the detective gets involved and they come in with a search warrant for the yeah house? well and like June has all of these memories of like kissing somebody mm-hmm. and she thinks that it was Ethan that she because she's like who else would I kiss that doesn't make any sense um oh we forgot about the part where the day before Sadie was murdered she was uh June was walking around the property and um not the day before before they all went and got drunk. It was that it was just the night it was that same yeah. day. And she saw Sadie running out of Leo's yurt yelling yeah. at him. And so then she goes into Leo's yurt and like spends some time with him. Um they have like a conversation and then she leaves and goes back and gets drunk with her girlfriends. And then Sadie it goes missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So June has like several like little glimpses of she remembers like briefly being on the bridge or I mean on the uh-huh. beach. She remembers like screaming. She Does remembers she remember the running kiss, through the woods. like kissing somebody. What? I think she remembers running through the woods. And I think I think she did. Yeah, have, I think so. Yeah, yeah, but she can't piece like any mm-hmm. of this together. So, but comes to find out, like everybody else has like spotty memories too. Like Amy remembers wanting to make a cake. She later on remembers fighting with Sadie about making the cake. Yeah. So, but. I don't understand why these women, okay, like, they didn't just all get together and be like, I remember this, I remember that, I remember this, I remember that. It was like, I feel like it would have all come together a lot faster if they had done that. Because June is like, going to each individual friend. And she's like, what do you remember? What do you remember? And then they divulge their secrets. And then she all by herself is trying to patch, like piece this thing together. And I feel like if they had just all sat down and been like, I remember this, I remember this. I feel like I might've murdered somebody, but I'm not quite sure because I don't remember all of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But they weren't trusting each other. It was everybody against everybody. Yeah. So then like June thinks that Amy's trying to set her up. So she finds her in her room and then she can't figure out why she was in her room. And then the cops call her back at, or no, the cops come and like search the house because now it's um, like a, they can't find Sadie and all of this stuff. And so they come back and they search the house and they find stuff in June's room and then call her in for questioning. It was like a bloody shirt, something. Oh, some prescription pills bottles mm-hmm. or something. And she's like, those aren't mine. Yeah, it was a prescription pill, but the the label had been pulled off. Yeah. And he's like, is this your shirt? She's like, no. He's like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, 
I'm sure. She's like, that's a $300 Dolce & Gabbana plain white tea. She's like, I would never spend that kind of money on it. He's like baffled. He's like, somebody would spend $300 on a t-shirt. She's like, do you know plain who you're investigating t-shirt? the crime of? <laughs> yeah. Like he is baffled by this information. I'm like, this is, these are terrible police officers. <laughs> but, and then they're like, dun, 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 pull out the murder weapon. They're like, we found this, and it's got blood and hair on it. Do you know why it was statue? Yeah, she's like, like, do you know why it would be in your suitcase? She's like, no. Why would I stash the murder weapon along with a bloody T-shirt in my suitcase? She's like, that doesn't make any sense. She's like, she's like telling the cops how to do their job basically (laughs) at this point, and they're like, oh well, uh, I guess we'll just send you home. Don't go anywhere. Like, <laughs> don't leave the area. She's like, oh my gosh, they're going to arrest me. And there's nothing I could do about it. So then she's pissed because she thinks that Amy put all of this, in, like the this stuff in her suitcase because Amy was the last person in the room. So then she like goes to confront Amy and... Amy, is this when Amy was And then Amy yeah. dropped some bombs. Yeah, she re- yeah, she's like, yeah, so Amy's the father. Like- and we're like, what? <laughs> yeah, she's like, listen, like, Sadie has set up this whole thing. So, like, Sadie obviously had Dakota, but then she found out that she could not have any babies anymore. Like, not even with, like, IVF. Like, nothing was going to work for Sadie to have a baby. And then, like, Conveniently, after she gets this news, Sadie has to like go on a trip for, I'm assuming, something to do with her book and her movies or whatever. Because she was like in New York. Yeah. Right? And she's like, Amy, will you check and- on Ethan? Amy, will you spend some time with Ethan? He gets so lonely. <laughs> yeah. And then she was like, Amy, he likes to eat this for dinner. Do you think you could cook it for him? And so Amy's like this whole week, she was like encouraging us to hang out. And then we ended up sleeping together and now I'm pregnant and she's just going to take my baby and raise it as her like second child because she thinks I'm incompetent. And so then you're kind of like, oh, yeah. Well, and apparently Amy has been like holding a torch for Ethan this whole time because she says weird things like throughout the book, like like a jealousy like she's jealous of June or of Sadie. Like if anybody says anything bad about Ethan, she's like, why would you say something like that? That's so rude. Like, so it was kind of like weird and off with Amy in regards to Ethan throughout like the narrative. But, but yeah, then you find out that, or you find out that Amy is saying that Ethan is the father so then, like, June goes and confronts Ethan, and she's like, well, Amy is saying that you're the father. And he's like, no, I am not the father. Like, why would I do that? He's like, that. He's like, what do you even think of me that you think that I would be the father? So then she thinks that Amy's just a wackadoodle yeah. who is, like, making up this life. And um, that puts even more suspicion for her on Amy, that Amy is the one who did it, that she just had, like, a mental break and uh killed Sadie yeah so like the current like the working theory after that was basically that like Amy didn't want Sadie controlling her life and taking her baby and if if and like if she could kill Sadie and then make them think that June did it 
then that's like the two top contenders she has for Ethan's attention. Yeah. And so if they're gone, then Amy would be a shoe in for Ethan, basically. It's like the working theory on on why Sadie's gone. But then they're like, why why would Amy be having missing memories too? And they're like, why would like all of this stuff I don't remember how the theory changed. Uh, well, so eventually they find the car. They find um, they find Sadie's car, and it's back at Deception Pass, like parked in the woods. And then um, is it Kimiko has a memory of like a sports car? It was a dark colored sports car driving up with no lights on. So yeah. June's kind of trying to like work through this and be like, okay, so if Amy did this. How did a seven-month pregnant lady attack Drag a full-grown person by the herself. The body was not found with the car. Just the car was found. So she, how did she drag her through the woods to, like, dispose of the body? So she's like, okay. And then, like, how is she getting back? She's like, if Amy had taken, like, an Uber back to the house, like, how suspicious would that be approaching the house and being like, hey, can you turn your lights off? so that right. nobody sees us returning so yeah. she's like trying to like work through this and she's like i just don't know like yeah and they're like so nobody her- on the property owns a black sports car like everybody yeah, owns and- these like big jeep cars yeah and so her thought was maybe like it wasn't planned and amy hit her hard enough to like cause some damage but she could have like coerced her and been like okay well we have to get you to the hospital because your head's bleeding and and that's how she like got her into the car and then maybe she had a gun or something and like that's how she got her out of the car and like made her jump off the cliff or something but it's not like adding up none of this is like really making sense and so that's when she's kind of like maybe i need to like rethink this yeah, and her, I think her and M were sitting down, and she was like, "Well, wait, doesn't Dakota's boyfriend drive a black sports car? Like he drives, he was driving a Porsche, I think." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when he showed up, when they showed up, and so then they were like, "Wait a second. <laughs> so then they came up with this whole theory that the boyfriend drugged everybody because he's a medical for- student, so he would have access to. To drugs. <laughs> I, I don't know why he would have access to roofies just because he's a medical student. That doesn't make any He doesn't have any more access to roofies than a dealer on the street. Like, I don't understand why him. Anyways, but it was yeah. convenient. He was a medical student who could get roofies. So then, like, the new working theory became <laughs> that um, the drugging was, like, planned and that Dakota had done that. So that she could sneak out of the house. And they were like, well, maybe they were like, well, and then they said the boyfriend came into the house to get her and cross paths with Sadie in the hallway. And they were like, maybe Sadie was like scared because suddenly there's this man in your house at night. And so maybe Sadie attacked Attacked him. him. He attacked back and, you know, and accidentally killed her. And sorry, my child almost fell. Um, and so they're like, maybe he accidentally killed her. And then they just kind of had to like dispose of the body real quick. So that was kind of their new like working theory. They just had nothing to like prove it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So then like Dakota, so because they, they found the car, Ethan has, oh no. So he gets a call saying that um, they found the body. Right. So they had been searching all along the path, the pass. Yeah. To try to find the body or something. And yeah. so he gets a call. He has to go identify well, so the like, body. So before they get the call in the morning, it's still nighttime. And M and June are like, how are we going to prove this? Like, if this happened, they've probably talked about this. Hello. So they're like, <laughs> they were like, we're going to, we're going to get her phone and we're going to get her laptop, which are like in her bedroom and she's sleeping. And I think her phone is in her hand or her hand is like on top of it. It's phone. on the nightstand. It's just on the nightstand, oh, okay. I think. Yeah. But it's really close to her. I mean. <laughs> yeah. So, so they, they like, have to go. They sneak into the bedroom and they're like, the laptop's easy to get, right? Because nobody goes to bed with your, like purposely with your laptop with you. And so um, M has that. And then M's like, well, if we're going to try to get the cell phone and she wakes up, she's like, there probably shouldn't be both of us in here. Because that'll look, like, suspicious. That'll look way worse than just one person. So then M waits out in the hallway, and then Sadie sneaks in and goes and gets the phone. No, June. And, like, June <laughs> oh, yeah. No, sorry. Sadie's dead. Uh, and she goes in and gets the phone. And she's, like, sneaking away as Dakota is, like, waking up. And she's, like, what are you doing in my room? And she's, she's like, like, still, oh, like, she's half asleep, like. We were having a nightmare and you called out. She like lulls her yeah. back to sleep like a little kitten. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was so, like, I feel like I would be awake enough. Like a person in my room, it would startle me awake. Like I would not be going back to sleep because some stranger shushed me to sleep. Like that was really weird. I don't know. She's a 17 year old who hasn't had like that rough of a life. So maybe she doesn't have like enough scary experiences to be like I should not be okay with this I don't know I haven't had a rough life and I would not be okay with it (laughs) so but she goes to sleep and they take the cell phone and they take the computer and they're like trying to investigate and the cell phone is like Google and so she has some experience dealing with technology um and stuff like that. So she's tasked with breaking in. Although, the way they, they figure it out, you don't need a lot of experience with technology. I know. It was a boyfriend's <laughs> birthday. birthday. <laughs> yeah. So they like, the computer's not password protected, but the phone is. So they're like, hey, we have to try and guess what this number is. But she had deleted the text messages or something. So I think that's why M had to like try and recover. Oh, oh, um, yeah. Yeah, so they eventually get into the phone and it looks like they that this boyfriend and girlfriend have not talked in like a couple days. And they're like, well, that's odd. Like, yeah, they, they should be talking more than this. Although June must have not talked to her boyfriend very much because he moved to Amsterdam. <laughs> so Yeah, so maybe not so weird to June, but definitely weird to Em who has a functional relationship with her boyfriend. Um, so Em's like, I'm, I'm going to have to work on this and see if I can, like, recover Mommy. these. So, so June goes to sleep while Em is working on all of this. Mm-hmm. And then she wakes up to Ethan going, come and talk to me in my room or whatever. And so I think that's when he's yeah, like, he has, oh, like, they- a man cave in the house still. 
But I think he was in Sadie's yeah, he room. Yeah, she wants to go to Sadie's room, and she's like, "I feel weird being about with being in your dead wife's room with you." <laughs> yeah, like it was real weird. The whole thing was weird. Was this when he told her that he wanted to like get back together with her? Um, I don't remember. I think at one point there might have been a weird like attempted kiss, but I don't think this was it. I thought this was when he told her that Sadie's body was found. Oh yeah, probably. I think the weird one was after. Before she and M go after Dakota. I thought they got all that information before they even, before they knew that the body was found. Like they got, they were able to get the text messages at like, I think they got them at like five or six o'clock in the morning. I feel like this is the end of the book and we should remember this a lot better than the beginning of the book. (laughs) Like, what is that about? I like read this two just, days ago. How can I, I not remember thinking, this? Well, see, I finished the book like a week ago, a week and a half ago. We had like the gist of the story because we were like, there was a lot of like different lines. I feel like kind of intertwining. Yeah, as like as June is trying to figure this whole thing out, like she's like comes up with like all of these theories. Yeah, so we know like the the line of like a story, but like how it like works in with the other stories in the timeline, I think is where we're getting fuzzy. So anyway, so Ethan finds out that he has to go and identify a body and Dakota's like, I'm going with you. Yeah, but so, and- so this is important. So before that is when they discovered the text messages. Because they were like, the text messages that have been deleted, they did find them. And they were like, it. they never explicitly said things that would like, um, that would be enough to say that the, that these two killed Sadie. But there were but things that were like, that he was there. Yeah, there were things that were like hinting towards it. You. And so I would just like to clarify, Ethan woke her up. Asked her to come to Sadie's room. She says, weird. And then he says, they found Sadie's body. <laughs> okay, so that's why. That's why he came to the room. Because he was telling her that he found... So I basically, I think that he was warning her that she was going to be called in again for questioning. Yeah, because then they and talk about... she's probably like, going to arrest her. She's like, they think it's me, don't they? And he's like, I don't know. Uh, it says, he cuts me off with a kiss. His mouth intense... Uh, that's not important. He kisses her. And then she's like, ah. and then <laughs> she's like, I don't actually like you. Yeah. And then she's like, did you ever actually love me? And he's like, please don't go. And she's like, this is pathetic. Yeah. Like he's like a ski stag, this guy that she's been pining over for all of these years. Like turns out he's just, she calls him an opportunist. And she's like, this is dumb. I'm leaving. <laughs> she's like, glad I dodged that bullet. <laughs> So Dakota decides to go with her dad to like ID the body and she for she for a second was like well before we go I need to go get my phone out of my room and like June is like oh crap like we have her phone her phone's not in her room and um but then Ethan's like no let's Ethan's just go. like I'm leaving right now like if you're not coming with me like I'm leaving and but, like, so Dakota goes leaves into this whole, like rage where she's like yelling at june saying you killed my mom you killed my mom and i thought that that was really weird too because like there's literally no evidence saying that she killed her mom like it's just really weird that she would like start just screaming and throwing that out yeah that she had killed her mom like that was weird <laughs> because i'm pretty sure that she didn't tell anybody about the evidence that the cops had found except for 
like two people. Like it's not like she was like telling the house. So why would Dakota have even thought that June was the one who was suspected of killing her mom? Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about like, that. Was, well, June. It was really I mean, weird. Dakota knew that. Uh, Ethan had told Dakota that originally he proposed to June. Yeah, and somewhere around along the lines. Dakota found out that she had snuck out to see Ethan. I see. And so then she had like, oh, you're having an affair with my dad. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden, like that jumps her to you You killed my mom. Yeah. Like that doesn't make any sense why she would just be so aggressive about that. But so then like they leave. They leave to go to the body. Like secretly text her boyfriend saying like, I'm going to go to the cops. Yeah, so they pretended to be Dakota and texted him and was like, you need to come over here right now. It's an emergency. So he, like, races over there, knocks on the door, and he's like, hi, I'm here to see Dakota. And they're like, oh, yeah, come in. Like, she'll be downstairs in just a minute. And um, then they, like, (laughs) yeah, they're talking to him, and he's like, I'm just here to talk to Dakota. And they're like, yeah, she's not here. (laughs) By the way, we think that you murdered her mother. So you probably want to spill the beans. Yeah. And they're like, why did you come in here? And he's like, I was never in the house. And he's like, I came last night to pick up Dakota. And she came out to the car with a bloody shirt on. And I left. And he was like, she was was like, um, well, I don't think they knew that. Like originally that he had left. He just said, like, she kept telling me, like, just go like we need to go and he he, like started driving and so like as they're having this conversation trying to get information out from him dakota like walks through the door with a gun yeah like she she never went with her dad or she went and he left her in the car or something ethan was like you're being a problem get out and so yeah and so he just left her in the driveway. She went to his beach house. And then from the beach house, she could see that her ex-boyfriend, they weren't together anymore, was driving up the driveway. And she was like, well, that's weird. Like, why? Yeah, so then she, like, lays it all out. Yeah. And so apparently, like, she had drugged everybody because they were going to run away. Like, she, they had speculated that she had drugged them so that she could just sneak out to a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that the boyfriend had gotten her the drugs, but when they confronted him about that, he was like, no. He's like, if I had done something like that, I would lose my spot in medical school. He's like, I would never do something like that. Like, yeah. yeah. So, and and then they were like, oh, you're going to run away with Dakota? Do you know she's only 17? He's like, no, she turned 18 last year. They're like, no, dummy. She <laughs> turns 18 this summer, dummy. And so uh, so Dakota t- says that like, she's the one that drugged them, and they were going to run away to L.A. together. And she figured once she was just going to drug everybody so that she could get away and she figured once she was in L.A. that she'd be far enough because Dakota's mom wanted her to go to a different school. And she wasn't willing to pay for her to go to school where her boyfriend was at. And this girl so Dakota serious mental health stuff going on, too, because this is a super extreme way to, like, run away from home. 
Yeah. So and she just wanted she to was get like, to LA. She's like, I didn't know you guys would be like all crazy. She's like, I thought you would just fall asleep. I didn't know you'd turn into crazy people. <laughs> and so I think like Sadie confronted her in the hallway while she was trying to escape. Mm-hmm. And so then that's when she grabbed the statue and like hit her mom in the head. And then she went and she met her boyfriend in the car. And, um, mom, that's new. And so she went and met her boyfriend in the car. And then he was like, because she had a white, bloody shirt on. And so she, he was like, what is going on? And she was like, don't worry about like, it. Like, we just leave. Yeah, we just have to go. And he was like, this, you're like acting weird. This isn't okay. And, he like drives off and leaves her standing there in the in the driveway. driveway. He didn't even let her come with him. No, he so was she in the car. She goes to her dad, and in the middle of the night, her dad helps her load up the mom into the whatever jeep or car or whatever they were driving. Her mom drove. I think the dad drove the the mom's body, and then uh, Dakota followed. In a second car. Mm-hmm. And Ethan just drove her to Deception Pass. And then like carried her body. And like threw her off the cliff. To cover it up. Yep. And then left the car there. And then the two of them got into their the second car. And went back to the house. Yeah. And so like evil monologue. She's like telling all of this stuff. As she's pointing a gun at people. Like I don't know why villains don't just like kill the good guys. Because... <laughs> I feel like if you take the time to like evil monologue, it they could get the Calvary gets to come, you know, like yeah. it gives the other good guys time to show up if you don't just kill the good guy off the bat. I mean, yeah, it doesn't really make sense to evil monologuing. If you're going to shoot so, somebody, just shoot them. Like, hopefully there's no murderers listening to this podcast. <laughs> and then, um, so there's, three of, there's, there's three of them in there. So it's M and June and Ethan against Dakota with a gun. And her boy. Her yeah, and they're like, no, what, Ethan's not there. No, it's no, not Ethan. Sorry. I said Ethan, but I meant the ex-boyfriend. I don't remember what his name is. Yeah, I don't remember either. Ex-boyfriend. So weird. Like, ex-boyfriend. Like, boy name. Uh, like ben. It was Ben. Right? Was it? I don't know. I think his, his name probably was probably Chaz. He is a very minor character. So Dakota's plan now is that, well, I'm just going to call him Ben. That's his name now. Um, he's going to write a suicide note claiming to have killed June and M because now they know everything. They cannot be alive anymore. So she's going to shoot all three of them and it's going to get penned that Ben killed them and then killed himself. I don't know how in her brain she really thought that that was going to work because it's three to one, right? First of all, three to one. Second of all, what are you going to like? You're going to force a suicide note out of somebody. You're going to force him to shoot himself. Like, because the, the cops would know it wasn't a suicide based on like how the bullet like the entered angles. his body. Right. right. Like there's only certain angles that you can shoot yourself in. And unless she was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how she thought that this was going to work. Like, she was a cuckoo. She was a wackadoodle. Yeah. Thinking that this was going to shit. And they're like, uh, we have you outnumbered, dummy. And she's like, whatever. And she shoots her boyfriend in the toe. 
Joan is also like, just so you, like, the cops are watching us. The cops are aware of us. Like, we're in the middle of a murder investigation. You don't think they're keeping tabs on us? Like, <laughs> they knew that there was police officers on the property. Like, they knew that they were on the property. Yeah. And so she was like, as soon as you shoot that gun, like, your clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. Because it's not going to take them very long to get here. And so she does end up... And then up, as soon as she shoots him in the foot, the cops come in. Yeah. They come, like, busting through the front door. And they she, like, blew his whole big toe off. Yeah. That was kind of, like... Gr- like, they went into a lot of detail about that. And I kind of felt like maybe that was unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't need to know all those details, but thanks. (laughs) And then she gets another shot off, and um, all June remembers. She's like, like, healing or whatever. And so June just remembers like some pain and like collapsing, and then it's just kind of black. And she wakes up in the hospital. She wakes up in the hospital, and Leo is there. They all, so we also didn't mention like, June does eventually like run into Leo at one point on the property and notices that he's like got a scruffy beard growing and she remembers something she remembers about the kiss was it it was it was like scratchy yeah and so she was like were we together last night and Leo's like well and he was like yeah right like he was acting really familiar with her like more familiar than he had been previously when they had just had like drinks in his yurt mm-hmm. <laughs> I like saying that um <laughs> you just like that but, word yurt yeah I don't know it just it conjures up this idea of like this cozy little a-frame like <laughs> glamping situation you know like with a little mini kitchen and like a bed on the floor I don't know <laughs> I think more like Hagrid's hut when I think yurt building I'm imagining this like super cute like quaint little house your guys is like Hagrid's little hut but made out of a tent material (laughs) (laughs) very basic stuff apparently for the landscaper anyways so he's she's like no I don't remember anything like we think we've been drugged and he's like super awkward about it and he's like okay and he just leaves so that was like one conversation they had and then she goes and talks to him again and it comes up that like in the middle of the night she just like walked into his yurt and like laid down in bed with him and he was like what is happening him he was like asleep it's like 1 a.m 2 a.m something like that and she's just like i'm gonna come get in your bed (laughs) and he's like he's like i don't even know so he ends up like getting up out of bed to like turn the light on so he can like figure out what's going on and as soon as he turns the light on um she like freaks out and Did she try to kiss him? She obviously had to kiss him because she remembers the kiss and, like, the scruffiness. So maybe that was, like, in the bed. They kissed, but right? that was it. Yeah. Yeah, she, like, got cozy next to him and started kissing him. And that's, like, and like woke him up by kissing yeah. him. Well, and I think she was acting a little weird. And so he was like, you didn't seem, you didn't seem like yourself. Oh, yeah. And, um... 
So then he turns the light on and he was like, you just freaked out and you like booked it and you were running and screaming. And so he's like, I was chasing after you trying to like figure out what was going wrong. And then your friend came out of nowhere running and he was like, I felt like I was scaring you more than I was being helpful. And your friend was there. So I was just let you guys be together. And I went back to the yurt. And so that like lines up with the things that she can actually remember. And so then after this whole thing um, where Dakota like is shooting people and she, she wakes up in the hospital and the first person she sees is Leo. So they had been like taking shifts, like sitting with waiting her. for her to wake up. And so he's like, I'm just glad I got to be the one who was here when you woke up. So and then it was like the cheesy Nicholas Sparks ending. You know, and nothing like she had just she gotten grazed on the scalp with a bullet, um. So nothing like super major life threatening happened. Can I just say, I feel like Leo story with Leo and story without Leo are the exact same story, and Leo didn't need to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Not super important to have Leo. Yeah. But yeah, so then it just kind of like wraps up the book. Uh, So you find out that like Amy was telling the truth and Ethan really was the dad of the baby. And um, oh, Ethan tried to like say that he was the one who killed Sadie and that it wasn't Dakota. And um, that, that doesn't matter. They already know it was Dakota and she's going to jail for this. He's going as an accessory. And he's going as an accessory. And um, so because there was a paternity test to prove the father of Amy's baby, Amy, or the baby now gets like 50% of Ethan's stuff because Ethan's in jail and can't really have, like can't have (laughs) possession of Sadie's things that he would have gotten. And so the baby gets that stuff. Um, June and Leo, I think, go on to just have a normal relationship and like Kimiko who also well, he like, like moves does it Leo moves to Santa wherever she lives right wherever, yeah. Oh, yeah because like so Leo has this like tragic backstory of he's normally from he's originally from the east coast and I think like his his three-year-old died his child died that's what I was thinking yeah and so uh, to deal to like deal with that, he just kind of walked away from his life or to not deal with it, I guess. Um, he just walked well, away from his life. I think he got life. into something like he got a divorce from his wife. He was he was on some drugs and drinking a lot. And so then he decided that he was going to start landscaping. Yeah. Yeah. And so his like real job before he left the East Coast was designing like outdoor spaces. Like, he was a landscape architect, basically, yeah. is what he did. And so he was like, I'll just, I can go do that in California. He's like, I could leave this land. Because I think Ethan wanted him to hang around and take care of the property while Ethan was in jail. Yep. Was That's super convenient that she, like, met this guy who it had no strings attached to anything. And who could just, like, up and leave his life because the life he had made was over and it was temporary anyway. And he could just, like, move to where she was. And I'm like, that's a huge commitment to make when you have, like, just met literally somebody. We've known each other for, like, two or three days. And they've oh, had an hour-long interaction. 
Yeah, and they're in love, and he's going to move in. One weird interaction where she was on drugs. <laughs> and then two months later, he, um, he that when they're when her and M are like at M's house on the rooftop or whatever, and like regaling all of this stuff. Um, it had only been two months. Yep. And she's like, "Oh, we're talking about moving in together." I'm like, "That is huge. <laughs> that is huge for somebody you literally met two months ago." <laughs> And then, okay, so then this was the kicker. So, like, Em's like, I was thinking we should plan another girls' weekend. I was like, freak, at that. Like, <laughs> I would never, ever want to do a girls' weekend with these people ever again. Like, ever. Like, never. Like, the girls' this weekend would be so, part two. <laughs> right. Like, this would be so traumatic for me. Like, I don't think that I would be able to... Like uh, uh, and, and that soon, like it had been two months since Sadie was murdered by her daughter. There, I just think that maybe we should do another girls' weekend, maybe like in a month. I'm like, what? <laughs> you guys oh, are crazy. There are so many like small things in this book that made it like I guess to kind of because you have to point fingers at everybody, right? As the author writing the book, so M also um. She was, like, suspected for a little bit because Sadie was starting to write a new book. And it was, like, based off of M's story, like, from when she was a childhood. And nobody, like, M hadn't told anybody this except for Sadie, like, one time in college. And so, like, apparently M's big secret is that when she lost her virginity, she lost it to her mom's boyfriend. When she was, like, 16. They had, like, a relationship. Like, her and her mom's boyfriend were, like, together. I don't and think it was just, like, a one-time. Because, well, and at first, because she seemed like it was really, like, a secret. Like a, like, a dirty secret. And so, at first, I was, like, is this, like, he took advantage of her? And then, like, raped her? And that is why she's so ashamed. Like... Not that you, not that that's something to be ashamed of, but you know what I mean. Like people like she do just feel want people to when know something like that. Yeah, and then she's like, and it would hurt the, my relationship with my mom, and it just seemed like this whole thing that you usually hear, where they're like, oh, we don't want to talk about that dirty, shameful thing that happened, even though like it wasn't really her fault. Like that's kind of what it seemed like to me. And then it, and then at the end, it was like, oh no, we like how to like it was like a relationship thing. <laughs> like they were together. Yeah. So I was really yeah. confused by that whole. So Sadie was writing thing. this whole book about it. And she was like, um, M is like telling about this. And she's like, she won't, she's not changing the name. She's giving all these details that like it's everybody from my small. Because that's as an author, I would think that you would want to change the names and details, especially if it's a friend of yours. Like, I don't understand why she didn't want to change the name. I think it was yeah. something, I think her, she was like, it's more authentic if it's the real Yeah, name. she wanted it to be, like, super accurate and, like, true and to how the even story. she thought that she had the right to tell that story. Also, yeah, she like, thought it would be healing. M kept saying, like, she couldn't do anything. Can't you sue somebody for writing yeah, about your life? I think you can. I th- well, and I think that they, uh, at one point, uh, June had said that um, she thought because M had said that she will sue her, but then Sadie was rich. Like she had all of these 
lawyers, all these lawyers and, stuff, like, and on everything staff at her disposal and so yeah and so that's why mm-hmm. like M for a brief moment was looked at as the suspect because murdering Sadie would have been a quicker option for her than attempting to sue her yeah so but yeah so like there was a part there was a part where she was like Ethan caught her digging for the manuscript and like trying to find it and so there was like there was she still never found it she never found it um but yeah there was like a lot of like littler um stories I feel like there was more to Kimiko's story too than we told um Sadie had given Kimiko a loan for her um cannabis shop and had been asking for that money back and Kimiko didn't have the money to give it back so she was that was one of the reasons she didn't want to call the cops she was like they're gonna be like you have a big motive for killing Sadie because you owe her money yeah yeah Kimiko was like, she was so aggressive about everything. Yeah. I was yeah, like, like, how, like, how are you going I was like, how? And then they were complaining about how in college, like, Kimiko was always changing plans, like, last minute. Like, M and June and Kimiko had plans to, like, go on a trip. And last minute, Kimiko was like, no, I'm going to go do something different. And so then, M was just like, well, then we're not like we're not going. If Kemiko's just gonna bail on us again, like we're not going. And but I'm just like, it it was like that the whole time with Kemiko, and I was like, why why are we friends with her? <laughs> this whole group of girls was just like a mess. <laughs> they really no, were. Like, why are you even friends with Sadie? Even because like she doesn't seem like a nice person, and she doesn't seem like anybody really authentically liked her. I just it it was kind of a weird group of girls. It was there kind were of even weird. times where it felt like June didn't like M and M didn't like June, and everybody was like, "Amy's just kind of like a thing to deal with." And- June was like super hurt that she was like, "Why did you tell Sadie about this thing and you didn't? You've never even told me, and like supposedly I'm your best friend, and I don't even I don't know the secret and." June's or M just like kind of yells at her like why are we making this about you like and she's like sorry I'm sorry I well, don't know I what to the say the whole outburst was because it's like June's whole life up until that point was like Sadie has this and Sadie has that and she's like Sadie's dead and you literally are still competing with her for everything like I think that that's kind of where that came from whereas um she felt like she was using her thing as a way to get in to like Sadie has now my friendship with M. But yeah, they were they were an interesting group of girls. Yeah, none of their friendships really made sense. No, I and to be fair, like it had been a long time since they were in college. Like I'm sure they were different people now than who they had been in like college. Yeah, but so. even at the end when they're talking about going on another girls weekend, like she's like, I just feel like I should keep these people in my life. I'm like, why? You have nothing in common. And you literally suspected each of them of murder. Like <laughs> you found it in them that they could murder somebody for one reason or another. Like I, I feel like you need a new group of friends. So who did y'all think was like, who was, your like main contender for who the murderer was. I was pretty convinced Amy did it. 
Um, for the first half of the book, I was convinced that it was going to end up being the girl at the beginning of the story who asks. Oh, who yeah, asks. we did mention that. Um, there's, so June is a teacher. She teaches at a community college. And before she goes on this trip, one of her students comes and is like, can you have, or she, she like comes to talk to June about something she's writing. And she sees a picture of Sadie in the office and she's like, oh, you know, like this famous author, can you have her sign this book for me? And June's like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> so in my mind, I was but like, this girl, it's going to be the plot twist. This girl, you're never going to suspect her. It's going to be her. It was not her. <laughs> she, she's, she's just going to show up. up. Yeah. <laughs> like a crazed fan showing up. Well, and to... I thought too that it was going to be Leo because... Um, he was gone the morning, like when Ethan went to go he find him. He was gone for a long time. And so I thought for sure it was going to be Leo because like conveniently he's not there and Sadie's missing. I'm actually surprised that nobody suspected Leo because he wasn't there. Um, in the morning. My yeah. So he wasn't there first thing in the morning and it was like, oh, like where were you last night sort of thing, you know, but yeah, nobody- I, they had me going, I was kind of stuck between um, Kimiko just because of like her, every time she was, um, she had an outburst about everything. I like, this is just an example of an, another outburst that she had. Cause Kimiko and Sadie had had a fight the night before because Kimiko had given Dakota some weed to smoke. And Kimiko, like, wasn't, didn't feel strongly about it because she was, like, she's almost 18. Like, she can make her own decisions. And Sadie was just, like, this was not fitting into her perfect world facade that she was trying to put out. And so she was, like, absolutely not. Like, how could you give this to my child? So they had a fight. And when they were discussing this um, the next day after Sadie was gone, they were in the kitchen and... Again, she just has this outburst of like, oh, so because of that, that means that I killed her, right? Like, she threw the phone against the wall. She didn't want to call the cops. She's like, so many things. So I was like, maybe Kimiko did it because she's super defensive. And then maybe Amy did it because I really believe that whole story of like, just get everybody out of my way and I can have my baby and I can have Ethan and we can just live in this nice house now. And so those were kind of like, well, and when the- June like confronted Amy while she was taking her bath, just bluntly was like, you did this and I'm not taking this blame. And Amy didn't deny it. And she was kind of getting a little snarky. So I was like, maybe. <laughs> but if she had denied it, then you would have said, that's what every murderer would say. <laughs> <laughs> that's what all the bad guys say. <laughs> They always say they didn't do it, but they did. <laughs> to be fair, though, innocent people always say they didn't do it, too. <laughs> I know. That's, That's like so hard about, like, any time I get, like, like blamed for anything. Honestly, I've never been blamed for murder. But just, like, <laughs> just, like, minor things, right? People are like, oh, you're lying about this. And you're like, no, I'm not. <laughs> They're like... Well, of course you would say you're not lying. <laughs> then, like, if you don't deny it, then people are like, "Oh, you're not denying it." <laughs> you're like, 
like, what am I supposed to say? Like, <laughs> you like list off reasons why you didn't do it. And it's like, well, of course you have excuses for why you wouldn't do it. Like, <laughs> I always tell my kids that like, if you didn't do something, like you don't have to defend yourself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, uh, if, if my daughter's like, oh, he hit me for my son or whatever. And he's like, I did not. You're such a liar. I didn't do that. Why are you saying I did that? Uh, well, maybe you could so like, <laughs> yeah, like, whoa, whoa there. <laughs> I think like, um, yeah, that didn't happen. Or they like go back and forth. Yes, it did. No, it did. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> This is totally unnecessary, guys. Totally unnecessary. (laughs) I did feel like the ending was a little... Not anticlimactic, but just not, like, exciting. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Tied up in a bow. Yeah. Like, it was... I was shocked. I was mainly shocked that Ethan had helped Dakota. That was... I Like, Dakota doing it didn't shock me as much. But... I also feel like I don't really read murder mystery books, but the ones that I have read have ended in like chasing through the woods and like a, like like a fade to black sort of thing. Not like a, I reveal um, everything and then the book's done. (laughs) I was like wondering because Sadie, not Sadie, Sadie's dead. Dakota and Ethan were both very like had strong opinions about things like not calling or, calling the cops, not not calling the cops, or um, not lying to the cops, making sure that they told them everything. Like, they had really strong opinions about how things should have been handled when they weren't handled that way. Like, they wanted to call the cops right away, and they wanted to tell the cops the whole truth, and they wanted to do all of those things. And so I'm like, wouldn't that have pointed the finger at you sooner? Like, I feel like if they were good murderers. <laughs> if you had practiced this. <laughs> the perfect murder. Um, <laughs> like they would have been going along like, yeah, no, totally. What should we tell the cops? Like, let's make up a story. Like, let's make sure we're well, all on the same page with the story. Unless or... like Ethan and Dakota had felt like they had already put together the perfect story. They were just hoping Sadie's body would wash away and everybody would forget Sadie was a thing. And if we're just honest, the cops won't find anything. Yeah, and then it would just be a missing person thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I just I kind of just felt like they already had the perfect story put together and it needed to go the, like the they way they wanted the it to they needed to tell them about the night they needed to yeah well, and especially with dakota because ethan probably didn't know that dakota had like drugged everybody yeah like she didn't probably lay that out for her dad she probably was just like hey i killed mom on accident please help me and he just like helped her clean it up it wasn't like she was like i was trying to run away with my boyfriend and so i drugged all the girls and i was gonna sneak out and mom confronted me and i hit her in the head and then now she's dead like i'm sure it wasn't like that and so even like dakota she had this master plan of uh, i mean she's 17 how well did she plan this, <laughs> this quote-unquote master plan her brain's not even fully developed she should have waited till she was 25 <laughs> 
Well, her boyfriend's brain wasn't completely developed either. But overall, did you guys enjoy the book? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I thought it was a good book. I gave it a four for my ranking in my journal. Oh, she's got like... She's oh, got yeah, like in my journal, journal every book. She has the reader journal. It. Well, I knew that. I didn't know that it had like stars oh, yeah. in there. rank it. How exciting was it? How easy was it to read? And the overall rating. I gave it a four because I felt like the ending could have been more exciting. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I would probably go with a four also. But I did read it really fast. I read it in like three or four days. It was a lot easier to get through. Granted, I didn't read it. I listened to it. But it was a lot easier to get through than any of the other books that we have read so far. (laughs) (laughs) So... I would probably do a four also. I was still laughing about, like, as I was finishing it, about how when I was picking it and we were reading about the author and, like, the other book and somebody was, oh, I was reading the reviews on this book and it was like, this author had a major glow up from their previous book. (laughs) And then it was like, oh, wasn't one of the reviews said, like, this is for simple-minded people? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, well, cool. I finished the book like a week and a half ago or whatever. And so I was almost tempted to go look up the author's other book. Like, what was it? Something in Boyland? Something in Boyland. I think it was Babes in Boyland. Babes Babes in Boyland. And so I was almost tempted to go look up her other book too, just just to see how much of like a glow up she had in her writing style like a fat porno babes in boyland <laughs> does that sound like something that would be any kind of good <laughs> in any way yeah so next month is october yes next month i'm picking the books um i wanted to read something that was halloweeny because it's October. I also wanted to read something that was a little bit lighter than war, murder, <laughs> death, competition, death competition, and more murder. To be fair, though, this book is about murder. It's about a murder. I it feel is. like it'll have lighter moments. Um, <laughs> we're going to be reading Practical Magic by Alice Hoffman, and then maybe I'll watch the movie. <laughs> Have you never watched the movie? I've seen glimpses of it, like when mom's watching it and I walk through the room. It's I don't think I've movie. ever seen I the movie. It's, it's with Sandra Bullock, right? Yeah, and yeah. Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Oh, so. maybe I saw this like a long time ago. The only thing There's that I remember pictures. is them like standing on the roof. And then they jump down? They jump, yeah. They maybe fly. I have Oilers. vague memories oh. of this. But yeah, no, it's a good story. I really like it. It's like um, uh, these two sisters, they move in with their crazy aunt. There's like a family curse that they can't fall in love or whatever. So like these Here, women I'll actually read it. Family curse. The description is, the Owen sisters confront the challenges of life and love in this bewitching novel from New York Times bestselling author Alice Hoffman. For more than 200 years, the Owen sisters have been blamed for everything that has gone wrong in their Massachusetts town. Jillian and Sally have endured that fate as well. As children, the sisters were forever outsiders, taunted, talked about, pointed at. Their elderly aunts almost seemed to encourage the whispers of witchery. 
with their musty house and their exotic concoctions and their crowd of black cats. But all Jillian and Sally want was to escape. One will do so by marrying, the other by running away. But the bonds they share will bring them back, almost as if by magic. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. dun. So that's what we're reading next month. It's a good story. 10 out of 10 would recommend. (laughs) I've read this before. I have no idea. I've seen the movie a thousand million times, though. I really love the movie. This will be good. This will be good if I actually don't end up reading the book. No, I'm just kidding. Kelly's talking about the movie. We're talking about the book, and they're not lining up. And we're like, <laughs> just Kelly. Up. She'll be like, she'll be like, wait, isn't that when Sandra Bullock did this? No, <laughs> no, there is actually no Sandra Bullock in the book. <laughs> Sandra Bullock did this, and then her boyfriend. Wait, what boyfriend? <laughs> I don't read about a boyfriend. I don't know. It's about a murder, though, guys. It's about a murder. It's sure just not a murder mystery. Murder. It'll be one of those cozy murders. (laughs) (laughs) Sit down on my couch and cozy up with a nice murder. (laughs) It's one of those murders you fall asleep to listening about. It's like an accidental murder is what it is. So so is this. That's true. (laughs) That's true. But, but you know who does the murdering. It's not like, it's not like a, it's not a murder mystery. It's like, Anyways, it's a good book. Oh, it's a good movie. It's a good story. We'll see if it's a good book. For the listeners, you can, if you want to, find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all under Bound Sisters. Um, And then you could also, if you feel like it, you could email us at boundsisters at gmail.com. Share your thoughts with us. Share us with other people that you think might enjoy being in a book. Like, share, subscribe. Like, share, subscribe. Hit that bell notification. <laughs> we are not on YouTube. <laughs> I just want people to on notifications. If they like us, they should tell other people about us. <laughs> if you have friends, if your friends have friends, your friends' friends should follow us, and your friends should follow us actually what would really help our podcast is if people gave us reviews and five stars because then the internet goes oh you're cool let me share you with other people i gave us five stars good job glad (laughs) glad you think we are five stars (laughs) you were like somebody gave us a five-star review i'm like yeah that was me (laughs) I think we did amazing. <laughs> you guys should also go on and give us five-star reviews. We should tell our parents and all of our siblings to give us five-star reviews. And then there will be at least 19 people giving us their five-star reviews. Okay, should we all say goodbye? Hold on, I'll pause yeah. the movie. I'm sure you can hear it. Hold on. Are you watching Practical Magic? <laughs> yeah, I turned it on. <laughs> <laughs> Since I got summoned out of my room because our parents showed up. And dad's like, trying to talk to you guys. He's like, I'm like, they can't hear you. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't, I even know that they knew what I was doing. I think they just Just sitting around, just sitting around FaceTiming with you guys. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, that's an abnormal thing to do. Sit around and talk to your sisters, but 
We do it every day. Just usually a text message. <laughs> okay, well, we should say goodbye. Okay. Bye. So, bye. Bye. Um, I hope you enjoyed our podcast. <laughs> bye. <laughs>